You're listening to Glitch Please number 59. If you hear something you would like to see from this episode, visit roosterteeth.com. Hey, welcome to Glitch Please, the show where we talk about video games every week. I'm Ashley. I'm Adam. I'm Brian. And this is an exciting week because... Well, it's not exciting yet. It's going to be exciting tomorrow <laughs> because uh, <laughs> Octopath Traveler is coming out. Captain Toad Treasure Tracker is coming out. In fact, I'm reasonably certain Gus is already taken off sick in preparation. He loves Captain he, Toad Treasure Tracker. He's already played it, right? He well, just wants to yeah. go through it again. But this time it'll be on the Switch. Yeah, right. yeah. You know, I gotta say, it's funny the number of games that came out like basically all of Wii U's first party lineup is being re-released on totally. Switch and it got completely ignored on the Wii U yeah. and now everyone is like, these games are amazing. <laughs> Where did these come from? You, 2013. Right, you know yeah. Nintendo was like, seriously, screw you guys, right? Right. Right, like we made a console and we put these games out on that console and you were all like, there's no good games on this console. Yeah. It, it was a, a well-kept secret back in the day. I feel like the Wii U had good shit on it, but, you know, it, nobody owned one well, except it, for us. And it looked like, it, it did look like a Hasbro toy, like one of those little tablets. The, the, the that Wii just, U was not a good console, though. It had good games, yeah, but that I, tablet sucked. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and it had, what, like a two-hour battery life? Yeah, it was, it was short, and it was uncomfortable to play with, and it was cheap-feeling, and yep. it was not a good console. Yep. Yeah, but uh, it is funny to see all the games coming back, and now at least they're getting a, like a second chance at life, and most of them have done pretty well. Yeah, uh, you know there was a pretty good response to uh, to Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze, yep. which just came out as last month of May. I came out I recently, remember, yeah. anyway. And uh, aside from wanting to chuck my Switch out a window multiple times because that game's kind of infuriatingly hard on occasion, or maybe I'm just terrible at it, probably a combination of both. That's really good. Mario yep. Kart 8 Deluxe. I rebought Great. it. They did a good job, but they added a f just enough new things if you're a hardcore well, Mario Kart fan to. That's to make why it. it's Deluxe. Yeah, exactly. Pink sparks <laughs> and double item boxes. That's <laughs> fine. I'll fucking buy it. Yeah, but uh, so we'll um, we can talk through a little bit more about uh, the the demo experience for yep. Octopath. Uh, in lead up to launch, I'm sure we'll do a lot more with it tomorrow. Planning on having a copy. Uh, and keep in mind as well that we film this on Thursdays. Uh, this goes to our Rooster Teeth First members on Friday. If you're not a Rooster Teeth First member, you can get a seven-day trial at roosterteeth.com. Wink. Uh, and thanks. And uh, and then public on Saturday. So I, but I think uh, maybe we can do even like a gameplay stream because I. I redid our setup again, like fixed all the cables, mm -hmm. retested everything mm -hmm. uh, in our studio so we can do streams and make it easier again, Great. once again. <laughs> um, so for, for when that's fully out. But the demo was pretty robust. Yep. It was it was up to 24 hours of, of content, <laughs> if you think about it, because you it's a three-hour limit right. on the demo, but you can erase it and start over and start with a different character if you want and see all of the different character intros and then carry one of those over into the full game. One of those saves, yeah. yeah. I mean, you only get the one save, which, it, which gives me anxiety. It's kind of anxiety. a bummer. I, I deleted one. I was like, ah, so it's just two hours, but. Yeah, so we'll fine. talk a little bit more about, about Octopath Traveler and the, the demo and what we're looking forward to with that game in a little bit. Um, 
And you know, we'll talk about news. There's been some crazy stuff happening. Mm. Uh, you know, Nintendo stocks are sliding like crazy. Uh, uh, Sony bosses are saying like, well, games can't really afford to fail. That's why they're all the same now. And uh, there was a huge Guild Wars 2 firing oh, where, over an argument a developer got in <laughs> with the community. So lots to talk about there. Before we dive too far into it, what you playing? Man, so I remember last week I talked about the surge and how clunky it was and how much I didn't like it. But then I decided to give it more of a chance, and then I started to come around on it. So the thing I really like about that game is the item system. So you are you wear an exosuit. And okay, and for the uninitiated, what's the surge? The surge is like a sort of a sci-fi. Everyone's wearing an exosuit for whatever reason. You don't really know what happened, but it's you're in like an industrial area and. Something's gone down and everyone's angry and wants to kill you. Um, so, uh, you have an exosuit, your enemies have exosuits, and the, the system that I like is that you target different body parts, and if you say, oh, I like that guy's exosuit arms, you can just chop off their exosuit arms, uh, and then you get the schematic for that, and then you can craft it. <laughs> so, like, basically... And any- all it costs was his arms. Right. And, and so you go through and you, like, you know, anything you see on an enemy that you like, you can pretty much have. So, that, I found that was really enjoyable. However, um, as I started to play more of it, I became less and less fond of the combat itself because, man, is it clunky. I still think it's a clunky mess, but there's something, there's something to, the, like, to the, the, the item farming that's kind of fun, but I do feel like this, this game is like... It's really hard to enjoy the combat. Um, and I might just be terrible at it, and I am in some sense not great, but uh, it is... A real challenge when, like, you're you're targeting someone, and then you have to cut up, you have to hit the specific body part to hurt them, and then like you just lose targeting for no reason or whatever. And it doesn't feel like your your dodge is really on command. It's sort of like you you place an order to dodge, and maybe like an hour later you get to dodge. <laughs> um, but that's fine. I like mean, you submit the request, you have to go through the appropriate paperwork, yeah. and then it comes back. Yes, you've been approved to dodge. Right. It has more redeeming qualities than I initially gave it credit for, but I'm still not. I don't know if I'm sold on it. I'm definitely not sold on it for full price. If you could buy it for the $13 like I did, maybe it's worth it then. Um, I also went, I, I've been playing a lot of, because i am still been doing the VR workout thing, I've been playing a lot of Spark, which is that game that is kind of like Discs of Tron. <coughs> I ran into the guy that was talking about bouncy ball bullshit again. Really? Yes, and he was, he was saying it to someone else. And the other guy started going off. And he was like, listen, I, like, I can play however I want. And I, and I was like, yeah, dude, what, why are you fucking gatekeeping? Like, you know, like, let people enjoy the game the way they want to play. And then he just, like, left. He was like, no, <laughs> I can't take any criticism. <laughs> Out. <laughs> it's so weird, though. It's a small community. So that game has, like, that game has something called Spark Pro League. I think it's called SPL. And, like, it has a, it has a community of, like, maybe... 15 active players at a time. Well, Sometimes, I mean, if you're, so, if you're running into the bouncy ball bullshit, dude, yeah. it's got to be it, pretty it's, small. It's a small league, but it's like a really tight-knit little group, and like there's a lot of people that play like, you know, 20, 30 hours a week, and they have tournaments for money, and I was like, this is fun. So I've just been getting on that, and it's a good little workout, and it's really fucking fun to get better at. It's, it's, a, it's a super good game. I think they stopped updating it a long time ago, but there's, it's still fun. Have you noticed like getting more fit while you play it? I mean, like, I definitely, you... I definitely can play for longer periods of time. There so you go. Just, just cardio. Good cardio. Yeah. I don't feel like I'm losing any weight, but I'm definitely getting more in shape. I remember hearing that cardio is like your cardio system is one of the fastest to improve when you work out. Yeah, I can, I, I can definitely see that because I, I was going for like an hour at first, and yeah. 
Now I'm at, oh my god, we're three, and I'm like, I should stop just because I have other things to do, not because I have to. Oh, that's good. Yeah. yeah. That's great. Yeah, if I remember seeing, like, the 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 couch to 5K planning, yeah. like, their route yep. of, of workouts was, you know, it starts you off basically being like, Oh, you can barely walk, you sweet thing. <laughs> right. Uh, and then... Just lift your arms up. Right. Like, just, just you know, give it a go. Yeah. Uh, and so it goes from, like, really, really basic, and then, yeah. you know, in, in a couple of weeks, you're like, here, you know, run a run a 5K or a, or a 10K. They've got catch to 10K as well. And the the growth is pretty impressive. Yeah. That, that happened to me in, like, 2010. I decided to start, like, riding my bike to work. And the first day I thought I was going to have a heart attack. And then by like a few months later, I was like riding in the rain. Like I was totally into it. It's, it's were, you, a lot. were you shouting at drivers? Oh, yeah. Like being like way too aggressive on a fucking bike, like cutting cars off. Like it was, I'm kind of glad. Being I, like, I have dude, ride away. I'm glad I got out of shape again. I, and so. I, I, <laughs> I used to ride my, my bike to work yeah. uh, when I lived in uh, New Jersey. And it was great. And then I got hit by a motorcycle. <gasps> oh. I was like, oh, this is the worst. I'm never riding my bike yeah. <laughs> on a public road. It's so scary now. It, it, you forget that you're on a bike and you think you you just belong in traffic. And the right. other cars are well, like, mm-mm. No, I, you are, I was, you I was not in, I was in, in the, the yeah. bicycle lane. And yeah. some guy just like blew by at like 100 miles an hour. And... He hit my arm with his mirror, but it, it felt like someone took a baseball bat. Yeah. Like, well, at yeah. 100 miles an hour, and then it he, doesn't take a lot to feel the pain. Yeah, he stopped like a quarter mile down and I like rode over to him like, dude. He's like, sorry, I was going like 100. I didn't see you. <laughs> I'm like, that, that makes it better. Thanks, man. Wow. <laughs> it does make it a little better, though. Like, at least he stopped. You're well, right. I don't know. My elbow. Well, and it stopped. At least it wasn't malicious. Yeah. Mm. So there's that. Still ruined my bike riding experience forever. You I, quit after I, that? I can't ride bikes on public roads. I'm too scared. Yeah. It's scary, dude. Well, because bikers will tell you, you got to take up a lane. You got to act like you're a car. And that sounds great if, unless you do it. And it's <laughs> terrifying. No. I, as a driver, I'm only terrified because I'll see a cyclist and I'm like, are you being a car right now or are you being a pedestrian and when is that going to change like right. when are you just going to decide that you're going by the different set of rules yeah when do you so want to i don't know what to do with you right uh, also when are you going to decide to jump up on the sidewalk because there's a traffic jam and just sort of zip through everything and like right yeah. you know it's so it's bullshit i totally did it too though it's great so video games yes sorry, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> uh but yeah i think i love that you're doing the fitness stuff as well i've, I've finally got my lazy ass back on the treadmill with Persona. Persona. And yeah, I had that initial resistance of just like, I don't want to walk, but I do want to play. I need to get back into that Persona. And eventually it was the Persona that got me into it, not the fitness. Mm -hmm. Although, you know, I, I really should be better about, you know, taking care of myself. But finally got back into it. It's great. Yeah. Have to rebuild all my foot calluses. That's right. <laughs> foot calluses. Oh, so you're, got, you're going barefoot? No, 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 I, but I have some twisty toes, so one of my toes kind of cr turns to the side, and so it'll... Spend it back. Yeah, <laughs> just just snap that one off, we don't really need it. Um, but it means that if I'm walking for, you know, in this case, 90 to 120 minutes a session, so like per day, my, my little feet are delicate, and it takes a while for them to build up, because that one will just like rub, and so I'll get a really bad blister on the sure. bottom of it until it sorts itself out. So Great. I'm going through that process again. Maybe one. tape it up or something. Don't try taping it. Yeah, a little medical tape around the user toes oh, so they yeah. don't rub. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I got those really cool socks that are two layers. 
So they're, they're two layers. So the one layer will stay with your foot and one layer will stay with the shoe. Sounds like you slide around. No, they're yeah. amazing. They're amazing because it means my feet aren't rubbing on the, aren't rubbing on the shoes. They're insulated. They're great. Highly recommend. Insul I'm going to show you my socks and you're going to be like, hot damn, those are some scientific workout socks. Are they, are they really socks. hot? It sounds like they're hot. No, not bad. Because a lot of heat travels through your feet. Uh, potentially, but I also, like, you know, I'm sweating the whole time anyway. Right. Yeah, I just picture it's like you're in risky business the right. entire time. Just that sounds delightful. It does, yeah. Um, but I've been, so I've been playing that again. I'm this close to finishing Kingdom Hearts. Nice. So close. And if I could go take on the final boss, but I'm trying to go back and do a bunch of the extra trophies. Beat Sephiroth. Yeah, like nice. gonna go like beat Sephiroth, yeah. so I've got to do a bunch of level grinding, mm -hmm. and I'm like, oh well, I'd really like to get the ultimate weapon, so I need to do all the fucking synthesis, and I yeah. forgot how much I hate synthesis because it's that s steps, you know. You're like, I want to beat Sephiroth, I want you know with with this weapon, I'm gonna need to be probably in the like 80 levels anyway, so I'm gonna do synthesis. But to do synthesis, I've got to now go back, and I've got to farm all these uh, enemies that weren't spawning on these worlds before to get these different stones that I can then use in the synthesis. And so there's just this, I'm now basically replaying every, like every single world oh, yeah. to farm this one item from this one enemy. Are you trying to platinum it? No. Oh, okay. No. You're just. No, I'm, I'm, I, I'm doing some trophy hunting, but platinum on that game is, Insane. may I say, bullshit. Yeah. Because it takes a minimum two playthroughs, but there are trophies for one, uh, beating the game without using a continue. So I think you can you can load a previous save. Mm -hmm. That's fine, I think. But uh, if that would suck to find out afterwards. <laughs> oh God. But uh, it, so you have to beat the game without using a continue, mm -hmm. which means that say you fail with a boss or something, you're gonna have to go all the way back to whatever save point yep. they saw fit to grant you yeah. and go through it again, uh, as opposed to usually with continue, it will at least start you back in that right. scene. So just more replaying. There is. Uh, one for beating the game in under 15 hours. Just for the record, I'm at like 50 something right yeah. now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's one for beating the game on uh, proud difficulty. Right. So that's the, on, on hard. Yep. Uh, so basically, what it means is you need to do one super hard playthrough. Yeah. Where you you know you you go and you do it on proud whatever, and then do and do all your completiony stuff yeah. on that playthrough. Mm -hmm. And then do a super easy, yeah, yeah like yeah. like yeah, yeah, crank yeah. the difficulty all the way down and run through it, and that's how you can get maybe some of the other ones. But overall, sounds like a pain in the ass. So right now, <laughs> I'm not on. Also, fuck gummy ship missions. Uh, so right now, I'm not on a pass to platinum. You're gonna get to the final boss, and he's just gonna be like, you know what? Fuck it. You win. We don't have to do this. Here you go. You guys just come on through. I was like, Look, well, I, uh, is that an ultimate weapon? Okay, fuck it. You're fine. Yeah, I'm not. I can't. I got nothing against that. It's another one of those things where the side, the hidden secret yeah. optional bosses are harder than the way final boss. harder. You're like, well, yeah. I'm glad that guy didn't decide to destroy the world this time. Right. Because he would have been able to do it. No, it's like Final Fantasy VII. I'm glad Ruby and Emerald Weapon are just sort of bored out in the desert or under the water because they could have wrecked anyone. Right, but instead they just decided to chill for you. Yeah, and salute to them for that. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, nice. that's nice. Really, yeah. There was a trophy on one of the Mega Man games, I think, that in order to platinum it, you had to do a whole run without getting hit. Mm. Like, without getting Fuck touched. Fuck that it's noise. Like, yeah. 
fuck all that. No. Yeah, so. there's, in Dark Souls 2, they had, it wasn't, I don't know if they were tied to achievements, but they were definitely tied to items that one of them was don't sit at a bonfire, which means oh. you don't get checkpoints. Right. Um, and the other one was don't die. Great. Yeah, they were super fucking hard, yeah. dude. Never got those. Right, no. That game's very hard. Yeah. So, yeah, there are some games where I, I look at the trophy list and immediately go, this is not happening. No. There's Had no. I realized how much I was going to, like, how much I was going to have to do exactly for the Final Fantasy X trophy, I don't think, I, I'm not sure I would have done it. But you did it anyway. I did. Because then I was like, well, I'm committed now. Yeah. Like, now we're into it. I guess, you know, may as well. Is that your... 90 hours, whatever. Is that your proudest platinum? It's definitely like, my longest yeah, platinum, yeah, yeah. so... Yes. <laughs> but uh, having a lot of fun with that and my Luminous. Oh, yeah. Still all Luminous, luminous huh? Yeah. yeah, it's just so nice before bed. I don't really need to say anything else about it, just still playing yeah, it. It's good game. Yeah. 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 Right. Um, what about I, you, man? I'm playing uh, West of Loathing on the Switch while I wait for Octopath to come out. Uh, West of Loathing, it's an indie game. It's like a... It's a Western. Stick figures? Yes, the stick figure ones. Uh, kind of a comedy Western. It's very, a lot of meta humor, a lot of jokes. Uh, it's okay. I, I, I'm enjoying it. It's a, it's a fine, like, I, I feel like eight-hour game. It's a game. Yeah, it's, it's a video game. Yeah. Um, I'm playing um, Nino Kuni 2. I finally started that. What do you, what do you think about that? I like it. I The fact that the lead character, Evan, I, I still, he still looks like, my daughter looks exactly like him. If you put, <laughs> if you put ears and a cape on her, she would look exactly, and she walked Halloween in, costume. Yeah, I, I was like, she could cosplay the shit out of that character. Nice. Um, so, him being a boy is still an adjustment for me, but it's it's a lot of fun. And I like that the president character, the, the other dude who Roland? comes in, Roland, I like that he can just pull out a gun and start dude, shooting. It's but so he, ridiculous. But he brought a pistol with him from it's the past. A gat. He, brought, <laughs> he brought his Glock with him. Um, so that's a lot of fun. I also, uh, a friend of mine got me into Destiny 2 again. So really? Wow. On okay. PC or PS4? Uh, PS4, yeah. Uh, shout out to Dorito Girl. She's a hardcore like destiny player and she just like wanted uh we we sometimes play together but we've been playing like iron banner stuff and crucible and it's fun i like um i like destiny crucible for some reason I'm really like an fps guy at all but it, it seems something about destiny even if you're not good it seems like you can contribute in crucible stuff and and still get a few kills i've been, I've been thinking about hopping back into destiny 2 but on pc because i never i played on ps4 yeah you know, waiting for PC to come out. And then I was like, I'll definitely play on PC. Yeah. Pre-ordered it. Why did I pre-order a game? You should never do that. Right. Never played it. Uh, yeah. So I was thinking about <laughs> maybe hopping into it on PC and waiting for the, the Forsaken stuff to come out. But how is the, like, have you done any of the new content? Like, nope, how? not nope? a bit. Okay. No, I, I played through the original store, you know, the 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 one with uh, Dominus Gall, the, you know, played through that. I liked it. It was fun. Um, I, I actually, like, I think the story was, yeah. co like, cohesive. I know people have, like, a lot of complaints about it, but. yeah. It was fine. It was a shooter campaign, you know? Exactly. That's that's exactly how I felt. The, the story was... Take not... you to new and exciting places and yeah. kill the people there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was exactly. like... It, you shouldn't... It, this shouldn't be a measure of how good it was, but compared to the first Destiny, holy shit, it was like a rock star. It was the best. Yeah. But... People have been really hard on it, and I'm not really sure why, but I don't play it in a hardcore, you know, raiding way at all. But uh, I think, I think I've enjoyed people it. Are, people are upset at Destiny because it's 
a lesser game than its predecessor. And yeah. it's like trying to get back to where its predecessor already was. Yes. Yeah. Are. Like it's like it backslid. Yeah. yeah. That there was there's a, a lot of repetition that they felt yeah. like there just wasn't right. a lot. Yeah. The, of the exotics new didn't stuff, feel as Not good. enough to keep people playing like every week. Like the rewards system for for staying in it just the, wasn't there. The game has good shooting. Yeah. That's that's what I, something about the gunplay, and I'm not smart enough to know why that is, but it just. Feels good. Yeah, I think it's the headshots going. Yes, and smoking. <laughs> yes, yeah. that is it. Man, yeah, yeah I'll well, play some Destiny. <laughs> although, for what it's worth, the chatter from the Destiny community is that everyone is looking forward to the new content that's that they're they're working on that's coming out this fall. Yes, yes, and that people want to get back into yeah. Destiny. It's just that you know, it's a little bit like like a Sea of Thieves situation, not on that level, but where you're like, I. I like the game. I, think, I like I think the idea it's worse of the game. Than, than that situation, not in terms of the content, but in terms of how people's loyalty has been tested. Yeah. Yes. Because they already went through this. Like the original Destiny was like, Bungie is making a game, and right. it, it released, and it was like, this is maybe not very good. Yeah. Uh, and then they. Well, went it was more like this game is. Okay, we were yeah. hoping for something to blow everyone's yeah. mind. Yeah, and then then they went through two patches or two DLC, your expansion pass of stuff that was like, this is tacked on, uh, crappy, and then it finally got to Taken King, and everyone was like, oh my god, thank you for making Destiny good again. It was a blast. Here is something yes. worth playing, and then we're doing the same exact thing right. again, and I think that's why, like, in a sense, it's worse. Like, yes, Sea of Thieves is a a kind of barren game, but. Although they're working on that. Right. And and but this that's their first go. And Destiny was kind of a barren game, but we're doing it a second time. It's like it should have known better at right. this point. And and like I personally feel frustrated because I, I felt the same way. Like after a little while I got and don't get me wrong, I got at least sixty dollars worth of enjoyment out <laughs> yes. of that game. Yes. Um but you know, I, I paid for the expansion pass because I expected expansions to be good and it's, they're kind of middling and right. I'm excited for Forsaken, but at the same time, it's like, oh, I get to pay another forty bucks. Yeah. Again, like I, I've already, this game has cost me so much money, and I'm still just waiting for it to be what Taken King was. Yeah, I, I, Destiny feels like an underachieving high school student, like because it feels like I think fans get frustrated because it seems like it has so much potential. You know what I mean? Like there's a great system, but it's just not living up to expectations. You know what I mean? It feels like when I would bring home like a D and algebra and my parents would be like we know you're capable of more that's why we're mad and it's like yeah but i just i don't want to that's that's what destiny feels like yeah. it's just we know we know it could be more but for whatever reason it just doesn't do it yeah, yeah. i mean yeah it's just smoking weed with its friends <laughs> well we we'll see if they've been if they've been studying up yeah, exactly. We'll maybe, see how it does on the final. Right. Like maybe this next exam is going to get them there. <laughs> to kill that allegory. Yeah. Yeah. So it's awesome you're getting back into that, though. It's it's fun. There's something about just multiplayer that, uh, you know, with the headset on and just being, it just takes you back to, like, being 16 years old again. And, like, I'm not as good. I'm slow. You know, all that. But, again, like, you can still get yours in Destiny, it feels like. Do, do, are you talking to strangers or just your, just, uh... Just teammates. Just, just the squad, guy. man. I do not talk to strangers. Gotcha. No. I, I had... I played Spark. I, I already talked about this, but yeah, yeah. I was playing and I, I put my headset on just to talk to people, and yeah. I was amazed because I talked to nice people and like I met this one dude and we played like five or six games together, had a nice conversation. He never called me one slur. It was incredible. That's awesome. Yeah, it was great. 
Maybe a niche game like that, too, is going to have, like, a more mature fan base. I think it's that, and it's also the fact that Vive is, like, there's a any VR. There's a there's a, a cost of entry there. Yes. That oh, most yeah. kids wouldn't have. When, anytime I play kids or against kids in VR, it's like you hear their older brother like, "All right, just are you hold the controller like this," Aww. and I'm like, "Oh, I'm gonna fucking stomp on you." Uh, <laughs> no remorse. <laughs> then then you make them hang their head. Yeah, Do you just, have that oh, yet? I I it went like this. It went out of my memory. <laughs> <laughs> Back in the day, I was, was kind of something similar. I was playing World of Warcraft, and uh, we were leveling, but there was this high-level character, like, power leveling. It's just taking us to all the, you know, upper-level areas. We were getting a shit ton of EXP, and then finally I asked, like, who is this guy? Like, why is he helping us? And one of my party goes, that's my dad. <laughs> <laughs> so, it, it, it's still the sweetest story. That's um, great. Yeah. Oh, I man. love that. Oh, dude. I could, I could nostalgia so many things about playing oh, old games. Yeah. All right. Our <laughs> refrain. Uh, all right. Well, we're not going to be playing probably any of the games that we're currently playing nope. starting tomorrow. Clear the decks. Right, because Octopath Traveler is going to hit the Switch. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? Uh, I Yes, I played. All right, hold on, hold oh, on. Sorry, sorry. Let's talk about it. Transition. Can we change this shot to tilt shift? Ooh. That'd be really cool. Let's get some 2D HD up in this. Uh, I love this game's yes. style. Yes, yes. And... That's... It's the most striking thing about it. It is, although I have to say, sometimes it feels a little bit overly blurry. Like the backgrounds and stuff? The no, the backgrounds it... I'm totally okay with being uh -huh. blurry. Sometimes I feel like the focal point where the characters are is still a little bit blurred. That's interesting. Like, mm -hmm. uh, like the edges oh, yeah. aren't Like aren't a little washed out clear. almost? Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. um, I think and, and... has to do with the lighting. Okay. Because I think in certain areas, like the lights hitting your character, the lighting looks great, but sometimes you're right, it hits your character and it's like eh, a little, like there's like a depth of field thing playing on there and it, it, it comes out a little weird. Right. So there's there have been two demos now for uh, Octopath Traveler. The first one, when they announced the game, it was this just this Project Octopath Traveler yeah. demo. The, the game was announced in a direct and it was like, oh, and there's a demo now. Also, we'll totally change the name. And then they did by dropping project, project. <laughs> and now it's just octopath traveler so then uh at e3 this year they put out a a second demo this is the prologue demo where it's um it's a really cool concept in that you can get up to 24 hours of gameplay out of the demo uh you know i'm sure you can get more but the idea you being that you, you can <laughs> yeah, that, <laughs> that you can have um you can basically take a three-hour chunk of gameplay over into the full game. Right. And if you want to, you know, you play the three hours, say you start off as um, I was doing the hunter character. Yeah. And say I get through the three hours as the hunter character and I've gone through everything. Uh, and it's like, well, you're done. I'm like, all right, well, start over. And now I'm going to be the cleric. And so you can theoretically, if you want to stretch it out, get three hours out of each of the eight characters, which, doing the math, 24 hours. Wow. Right. How many hours total have you played? Um, I, but maybe six. Yeah. Oh, okay. I played about five. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I wanted to make sure I didn't overplay it because right. they do sort of keep you to just the beginning sections. Yes. And if I overplay it too much, then I'm, I was worried that it would, I would get the mistaken impression that it's really grindy. Mm -hmm. yeah. Because I'm just going through essentially like the same 
low-level creatures and over and doing over like again. your you know your first weapon That's upgrade fun. and getting your first mm -hmm. you know buying your first armor mm -hmm. eight times would be a little Do bit much. <laughs> so you said you did the cleric and the hunter. Um, I ended up doing the hunter uh, and the scholar. Oh, the scholar. Sorry. Yeah. So um, I I was tempted as well. I wanted to do one that's a little bit more traditional in that I'm like, oh, look, the, the bow and arrow lady, and she's got a pet. This is my thing. Yeah. And that's, that's led me down uh, to make some, some poor decisions in past games. Uh, when I was playing Divinity 2, I was like, I'm going to get the one that's got the... I've got my pet bear, and it turned out that maybe that was one of the weakest classes that I could have taken. She has the coolest mechanic, though. Like, no, not Divinity, sorry. Pillars of Eternity, too. Yeah. I'm, I'm talking about the hunters in this game has a really cool mechanic. Oh, she's great. Where, like, you're walking around the world, and you'll encounter random enemies, and most of those are creatures, and there there is a catch, like a catch mechanic, where you can capture that creature, and then... And it works a little bit Pokemon-style. Like, it, it seems like you need yeah, to do damage. Yeah, the more damage, damage the lure, higher percentage. You need to break it, and then exactly. you have a capture percent. And then... Later on, you can then utilize those in another, in any other battle, and they have like like five usages. And once you use them, <laughs> once you use them five times or whatever, if they're dead so, or something. I learned that the hard way. Uh -huh. So uh, the the huntress, um, ha I'm terrible with her name because all of the characters in her area are. She's a weird name. She's a weird name. It's like Hannick. Yeah. Uh, and she's the she's a character that I actually found her speech patterns annoying. Oh, she's so like very annoying. like these and thousand like very full. Every world. every fight she goes, letteth the fight beginneth. It's like this is I'm not like, how you this is not Just even how you stop. talk at any point. It's weird to hear these characters voice acted. You know, because they're throwbacks and the, the graphic style is throwbacks, but then you hear, you know, someone this Oi mate, I'm a pirate. <laughs> <laughs> No, you shouldn't. Just don't talk. Let I know. Just overall, though, I do like the the VO. Although I like it, it's just jarring at first. Yeah, the first time I would expect VO, I'd expect it to be like they're like like the digital yeah. like throwback that kind of, of like pigeon. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but it's not. Yeah, I like having something. Yeah. Um, so, except, except her her speech. Yeah. Right. <laughs> speech Let's get rid of annoying. That. As a character, great. But I learned about the limited uses on the summons the mm -hmm. hard way. I because I went into it not. Knowing how everything worked out, just I'll you know I'll go through and play, and uh, I was like I seen the uses go down, and I was like, do I have to? I was like, how do I re like you know reset them? Do I have to like rest it in in whatever? Because I know my you know my hit points and my mana will reset when I level up, and that's all really great. Uh, but I'm not sure what it is I need to do to like reset my my you know the monster to max uses because one of the ones that uh, comes with character by default is a healing monster yeah. and so I'd, I'd get thing. in a fight and I would yeah it's like a moss meat something yeah and um, so I would like I'd get in a fight and I'd get a little low on health and I was like well I don't want to use an item so someone will just do it in heal it up and then uh, I got uh, right before the boss fight each of the characters has like a, a boss fight to close out its opening area um, Gotta go. And then, and so I, I was fighting it, healed, and it was like, they've returned to the wild. And I was like, wait, they've done what? <laughs> Why? Gotta go oh capture another one. You can capture multiple of the same thing, too. Yeah, so, but that's how I found out that they, you don't, we don't reset them. You use them, you, and you capture them with the idea that you only have them for this many turns or this many uses, and then they're gone. Right. And they, that's it. They went to go live in a farm out in the country. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. <laughs> you just see a vet's office where they're being taken to and put down. So, 
the interesting thing. Are you so dark, Brian? <laughs> Sorry. The interesting thing about this game, from what I'm understanding, is that there is no main story. There are just, every character has their own storyline that you will follow and complete. But yeah. there's no, like, there's no world story. It's not like the world ending as oh, a whole. Oh, okay. Like, you're just going down these eight paths. And I think that's super interesting. Yeah. Right. Like, uh, so the, the hunter is trying to find her master right. who went on a hunt and didn't come back. Right. And she's like, he's in trouble. I'm going to go find him. Right. And the scholar, Cyrus, is, he's looking for an old book. And they've each got their own thing. There's a, there's like you know some revenge stories. Yeah, like I pl I played Ophelia, the the healer character, and she's uh, going off to like gather these sacred flames. Uh, but it should have been her sister. She and her sister sort of uh, live in a church basically, and their dad is the archbishop. And it was sort of her sister's mission to go and gather these flames. But then the dad like has a heart attack or something, and so the sister stays back to care for him. So. You, as Ophelia, go off and gather these flames. Is the sister also a cleric? I have to ask, because if not, it seems like you'd leave the cleric, you know, the healer with the, with the ailing father. Yeah. That is weird. Maybe no. she needs to go get something to heal the father. Yeah, the sister, it's, it seems like, was supposed to be like a priestess slash cleric, but she never was really into it. She always wanted to do something else, so she's kind of relieved that she doesn't have to go and gather all this stuff. But you do think you would... A healer would be better at home with dad <laughs> uh, to maybe you know lower his cholesterol count or something. So uh, I'm curious about this game. I really like it, um, but in the demo, like you were saying, there's a little bit of grindiness. There's kind of like the main thing you're doing is walking around and fighting enemies. Yes. Um, and in the demo, there's not like a, a wide variety of combat abilities except if you bounce between characters. Right. So I'm I'm, I'm hoping that the main game has. I'm, I'm thinking it will. We'll have more uh, to, to do or more uh, variety in the combat. Right. So the um, and the the eight different warriors. So I did I did hunter, scholar. You did cleric. Yep. What I did. did I did. I started with huntress. Then I did two hours of that, and I cleared my save because I wanted to start with someone else. Uh, and I started with Ulbrich, who is the warrior. Okay. Uh, and then I went and picked up the Huntress. One like, <laughs> of my party. Very cool. Yeah. So uh, the the eight different characters you can have are there's Ulbrich the warrior, mm -hmm. um, and they've each got a couple of different things. They've each got a path action and a talent as well. So the warrior um, can challenge townspeople to duels. Oh, the Y button. The, the Y button thing. So yeah. I, I the, uh, the scholar can. Uh, like sort of like interrogate them, ask them questions, and gain insights. Not not interrogate. He's not like an inquisitor. He can just be annoying. So, um, but yeah, he'll just ask questions and then come away and be like, "Aha, yes." A little bit Sherlock Holmesy, right? In a way. Actually, I think what you're referring so some to. Of, some of those abilities are like a little vexing, because like the huntress is just like, "Yeah, I'm gonna fucking fight any of you," and she can. That's her ability: fight anyone. She's like, "Any townsperson, you wanna kill him? You're on." Yeah, it's a provoke. Or yeah. Something. Like, I'm, I don't. I don't know what you, you gain by doing you that. But, but, but they she, start you off, and they're like, okay, you need to provoke these dudes. They're her, friendly, but just, like, piss them off. Her superpower is fronting. <laughs> it's, it's real weird, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm curious to see how those are going to be used. Because they're all, yeah, they're all unique, but not all of them seem useful. Some of them, like, with the cleric, you can uh, take someone as an ally and bring them out to the fight. So like, you can talk to anyone in town and be like, hey, you're cool, come on, let's go yeah. hang out. Uh, I think with... Is that the cleric, or is that the dancer? I think that's uh, the... The, the dancer... So Man, hold on, the, I've got to. I know the, I know the dancer. I know the dancer allures people. The cleric. I thought her ability, or when I use it, was like solving people's minor ass okay. problems. No, you're that you're they right. So so um, Ophelia's path action is to guide, so she can um, 
basically pick up a line of ducklings who will follow her along. Yes. And then she can and then she can summon townspeople to aid in battle. Right. So that that's her so thing. So she's then, a cult leader. Yeah. 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 And then uh, Primrose, the dancer, her path action is to allure, so she can similarly get people following her and then summon them as well, which so makes them the, very distinct characters. The, that's, that's a question. Like some of these are like very similar. Some of them don't make any sense. Like what is the, the path actions are the things that's supposed to separate all these characters? I guess we'll probably find out as we play if or if not they're gonna be like interesting. Yeah. But <laughs> they tip the dancer. Right. The dancer. I'm just gonna use the hunter and provoke everyone I don't like. <laughs> She's just a monster. Fuck you. She's just going around heavily armed challenging people. Now, yeah. One of the things that I really liked about Fantasy Life on 3DS, did you ever play that? No, I own it. No, you told me a lot about it. Yeah, you've, you've. I, this is, that is a, a franchise I would love to see come to Switch. I will fund you level five. I've got like, what's your I've, budget? I've got, How I've much? got like, I don't know, I can pay a 60 bucks full, <laughs> full retail price. Uh, but it's a, one of the, Cool things about it is that you could take on sort of these non-traditional uh-huh. roles for RPGs. You know, it could be like a cook or a tailor, and yeah. it is cool in this. You can also be there's a character who's a merchant, and uh, her her power is like she can purchase stuff from anyone. So like basically, you get additional options to to like pick up new equipment or whatever that you wouldn't have some, otherwise. Some guy is just like, he's like a sweet street dweller, but he doesn't have anything besides his pulverized locket from his dead wife, and he's like, <laughs> I don't want to sell this to you, but I have to now. <laughs> Fuck. Um, <laughs> Horrible ability. <laughs> uh, but then she also has the ability to collect money left behind from fallen adventurers and merchants and stuff, so she can help Rob's increase corpses. your coffers. Yeah. Yeah, 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 she's a grave robber, actually. Uh, you know, if you think about it, though, that is how you would go about collecting a lot of resources. Look, she didn't get that shop by being nice. Yeah. <laughs> she had to get um, some capital. You know, and then there's the, the cleric, there's the dancer, there's an apothecary, and that's, uh, so similar to the scholar, the ability is to learn all sorts of information from people. Presumably it'd be different sorts of information. It feels like they're getting a little lazy <laughs> with some of these. Um, but then it can also create potions and, and basically mix ingredients. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so there's, there's a thief, a little, little bit of crafting, and then, uh, yeah, is the thief's Panic. ability to steal from everyone? Um, Gotta be. Right. Yeah. Or uh, some steal sort of Steal the belongings of townspeople. Yes. That's that's great. I'm gonna do that. <laughs> that's fun. Yeah. Um, and and also, locks. yeah, uh, open locked treasure chests, which I haven't actually encountered any locks. I've encountered a lot. Yeah. And I, or a couple, and I'm like, oh, how, I guess I'll find a key in this area, and I scour the whole area, and nothing. No, you need Therian on your team. So, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get him. But it is cool that even in the demo, you can you can pick people up, add them to your party. And one of the things I like about this is when you, you meet one of the other people, you can say, you'll be like, oh, well, do you want to see like where their journey's taken them so far? And it will go through their origin. I did that, yes. I, so I ran into cool. somebody. Yeah. Yeah. She was like a pirate or something, and, and, and like her, I forget now, her, her family had, something had happened. She got like some shit stolen from her, and we were trying to get it back for her. Um, her name wasn't Primrose, was it? She's she's a she's a dancer, I think. Yeah, I'm trying to remember someone's uh, someone's is a revenge story. Yeah, Primrose is a revenge story. Maybe that's who it was. Um, Um, But uh, just because I'm trying to think, who would have like because if you can see the origin story, that means they were one of the eight characters. Yeah, no, it 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 went back to the the sort of sepia-toned origin story, and yeah, there was something involving pirates, and uh, it kind of seemed uh, revengey. So yeah, it might have been her. Hmm. But overall, I'm excited about this. It's I'm super been, excited. It, yep. it, 
is a little bit nostalgia bait in that it looks like all the classic JRPGs. That Good. I and you hear the developers say things like, I think of this as a spiritual successor to Final Fantasy VI. And I'm like, <sighs> or like, you know, to the like, Put it Final right Fantasy, into my veins. Or like the Final yeah. Fantasy VI like, philosophy of like how the game played and everything. Um, but you're right, I'm, I'm a little bit concerned it could be grindy, which is yeah. one of the reasons I didn't want to overplay the demo. Yeah. <laughs> did you, did you like, how much of the map did you explore in that demo? Um, the northern area. Okay, so like, Ulbrich is like in the, the, the southeast and then the Huntress is in the northeast, northwest. Mm -hmm. So I basically had to go in a circle around the map. And the map isn't, doesn't feel that big. Like it shows you a whole map, but then as I traveled through those spaces, I got to her in like 20 minutes, but like it wasn't, and that's 20 minutes of like fighting through areas and stuff like that. So it didn't, I'm a little worried that maybe the game's scope isn't that large, but maybe there's more, like I'm, I know there's more to it than I'm seeing, but like just as a, in terms of scale of me moving on a map, I moved across basically half the map. Well, I think there's uh, also some sort of like dungeony areas, like yeah. level areas. Like, uh, so take the Huntress, for example. Mm -hmm. Sorry, Hunter. Um, she, like her area is, like that that whole woodsy area is actually just like one little point on the map. Right. If you look at it, it's just the one little dot of the trees. And you move around a little bit in it, but it's a different scale, clearly. Right. And uh, I, so I went around the northern part. I went west over to east and I ended up going into one of the little dungeon areas that was like, you should be level 17. And I was like, I'm out. Yep. Because I'm like level six. Yeah. And so there are definitely higher level areas, and I think there's a lot of those sort of dungeony bits around. Some of them may have been removed from the demo, totally. or just I didn't discover all of them because I was trying to get from one town to there, another. Yeah, town. there's definitely areas I went to that were like you can't go here in the demo. Or, or maybe they do the Final Fantasy move where at some point it opens up, and you realize like, oh, I've just been hanging out in like right. A this tenth is, these of are the just world. the origin areas. Yeah, or whatever. And here's the giant ass yeah. overworld. I'm excited to see what kind of environments you get to because even in the demo, there's a good amount. So a few reviews have been dropping this morning from Kotaku and Polygon, uh, and I've been kind of sifting through them to kind of figure out a little bit more about what the main game is going to contain. Um, it looks like it's going to have eight standalone stories, each with eight different characters, like you guys have gotten, gotten to play in the demo. Um, each of those stories is four chapters long, making for a total of 32 chapters. Uh, it seems like there's like level gates to each of those chapters. So as you play through, your party has to be a certain level to access those chapters, which is going to require a little bit of a grind for some of the later levels, mm -hmm. because anyone back at the tavern doesn't gain any levels or experience mm. as you play through. Um, I think right. they said there's a total of about 50 dungeons total, like overall for the whole story. Um, and there's some confusion over whether Octopath Traveler's eight stories overlap or like lead to some sort of epilogue. And Nintendo came out and said that. There is some kind of in-game content, but they haven't told anybody how to access it or uh, if it's a matter of... They just said it's a matter of completing some storylines and some side quests. But as of the uh, reviewers having finished the game and all eight of the, the characters, they haven't found out how to access that. Huh. So. Interesting. Yeah, so... Uh, okay. Okay, some of that makes sense. Uh, also, I say, did you find the game got really easy once you added additional... I, Party members. I, I found initially when I when I first left the town and started battling things, I was like, 
geez, this is a grind. Like, I'm not doing anything. And I was playing a healer, but, like, nothing was working. I hadn't equipped any of my gear. Oh, my God. Yeah. Good job. <laughs> yeah, it's the hundredth one of these games I've played. No, uh, uh, yes, when you add, but when you add party member, yes, it no, gets that, a lot. That, that makes sense, though, because this is, each one of those areas that you're going to in that demo are meant to be played, or to be able to be played solo. Mm -hmm. So I don't think, I don't think yeah. those areas are scaling, per se, because, yeah, because as soon as you add someone, it's like, oh, it's a joke, but... Each one of those you could be doing solo because you could start anywhere. But even solo, I found that. So I went through uh, Hannah's area. I fought her boss. I died. So I reloaded because there's a save point right before it. And then I just like went off, explored some of the nooks and crannies of the forest, got some new chests, uh, got some different equipment, went back to town. Like bought a proper chest plate with all the money that I'd earned, mm -hmm. and uh, and and basically equipped up, and then went back, fought the boss, and was like, oh, this was not that yeah. hard. Yeah. But I'd gained a couple levels through doing that, and then after that, every fight I had, like nothing was nothing was hard. Nothing got me even close to dying. Totally, but this is the prologue. Right. This is like oop, this is like tutorial. That's know? true. That's true. But I was it made me worry a little bit, and then I added a second character in the party right. and was like, well, I mean, nothing is even now like getting hits on. Yeah, well, I think part of that is like, I, I noticed that too, where the first time I played with Hanit, I was like, I, I was struggling. And then the second time I was like, oh, well, you start with enough money to buy like a new bow and a piece of armor. I'm just going to do that. And as soon as I did that, like everything was a joke. Yeah. Um, so I think it's just like getting you accustomed to like, hey, you need to buy some gear and you need to get some friends. You need to remember to equip it, yeah. Brian. <laughs> so. so stupid. I think, I think it's just... Just the intro areas yeah. are going to be easy. But so I, I, think, I think there's some played the updated demo since it's come out. Is, do they, is there a job system in the new updated demo? Like you can add jobs to each of the characters? Because apparently that's a part of the full game. Huh. Uh, so there is, I, I haven't encountered a job system specifically, but skill unlocks, yes. Each, each time you yeah. defeat a monster, mm -hmm. you get... Uh, you get some experience, and that'll lead to level ups. You get some money, and then you also get... Um, Maybe that's what JP stands for is job points, mm -hmm. where uh, that's how you can unlock additional skills. So I unlocked uh, like a lightning attack for, for you know, Hannet and could then use that. But maybe it leads into something else because once you've unlocked a certain number of those skills, then it will unlock different support skills. Mm -hmm. According to Jason Schreier's review on Kotaku, there's a light job system that allows you to equip each character with one of 12 jobs. Eight based on the main characters and four optional super jobs that are guarded by uber tough bosses. Okay, I have not. It sounds awesome. That. I, I love anything that, 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 that you great. say. Uber tough bosses. I'm yeah. fucking in. Yeah, totally. So yeah, like if you're leaving Therion back in like the the tavern, you can stick the thief job on like Ulbrich, or you can give the apo uh, the apothecary Alfin into like more of a healing or position if you give him Ophelia's cleric job, and you can kind of mix and match for more of an in-game like situation if you want to go up against tougher bosses. Man, I just want to let's stop this podcast and go to sleep for the day <laughs> and go play a game. Right. Got to sleep. Got to get up. Like, midnight game comes yep. out. Although, with Nintendo, sometimes it, can, it seems like it can be different times. I hate times. that. I hate that. Uh, and I'm not yeah, sure, like, exactly when it's coming. Uh, yes. So, maybe, Is there a midnight release at GameSpot? GameStop? Hmm. Let's I all heard. do that. Let's make a video. Let's go do a midnight release. <laughs> Old school. Um... Greatly looking forward to this game. Yep. I think it's going to devour my life. Yep. Yep. For a while, yep. anyway. So. Until the 31st when Chasm comes out. I'm freaking excited about Chasm. Been waiting for a long time for that game. And I'm sure we'll have lots of thoughts from uh, from Gus next week about Captain Toad as well. Oh, yeah. I'm going to be playing this one, though. So not yeah, Captain I'm going to try and... Uh, I want to try and spend some time on both of them. It's tough. 
Many of these games coming out the same day. What's up with that? No. All right, but that is all for tomorrow. <laughs> there has been some stuff going on in the game industry as well um, that's definitely worth talking about. So should we cover news? Let's do it. So, um, as I mentioned at the beginning of the show, a couple of different things that have been happening this week. Um, one, uh, one that was a big one is uh, that Nintendo, even though we're talking about, you know, Nintendo Switch has two games coming out tomorrow, that uh, their stocks have been dropping pretty heavily. Uh, they've been dropping since the March-ish time frame, yeah. but that drop kind of accelerated post E3. Yeah, and, uh, you know, it goes through, like, every every stock goes through, like, ups and, and downs, and, but it's lost since March, like, 34%, which is a pretty significant amount. Yeah. That's because their presentation didn't have anything, like, exciting and new. Like, it had, like, uh, a couple third-party games, like that uh, Damon X Machina or whatever. Yep. But from their first-party lineup, there's, like, nothing. Well... Let's compare the first party lineup for the year to last year's. Right. So last year they they launched with Breath of the Wild, mm -hmm. and their their next big one was October, and that was Super Mario Odyssey. Mm -hmm. Well, no, they, they had. But then in between that, yeah, it, they had uh, they had Splatoon Two and Arms, and Mario Kart, and Mario Kart and Eight Mario Deluxe, Mario Plus Rabbids, which wasn't them, but it was. Right. It's a it's a it's, it's a still exclusive, a still exclusive, and it's yeah. it's on their system. Like. So they had basically like two big ones, like two two of their their biggest franchises, yep. and then I'd say three supports. Mario plus Rabbids is a Mario title, but is third party as well. But it's so exclusive. It's, and it, but I, I know it's not Nintendo, but it is Mario. But I felt like every month of that first like eight to, or so months, I had something big to play on my Switch. Like, I was putting it down after a few weeks after I had played, like, Zelda or Mario Kart. But then, like, the next month, I'm like, all right, here we go. Ready to play this game. And I don't feel like I have that to look forward to now. See, I've, I mean, I, I disagree to some degree. I don't think this is as strong a year. I think the first half of the year has been pretty empty. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, we did have, uh, we, they did do Donkey Kong. Right. right. They uh, are, they have two this month. Donkey Kong, I think, was a... In some cases, not a misfire, but the fact that they priced it ten dollars more than the Wii U version, and it's a remaster, is like a little bit gougy for me. I didn't pick it up because it's sixty bucks. Like I want to play it, but I'd probably play it at like forty or fifty yeah. bucks. Yeah. Nintendo keeps their prices they, on games high for a very long time. Forever, but yeah. but like if you're launching a, the same game, make it the same price. Make it fifty bucks. Come on. But uh, but it, that <clears throat> did come out, so they had a title. Supporting at least you know something earlier in the year, although the the first couple of months were, eh. and then they've got so now we've got Octopath, Captain Toad again. Captain Toad also was a Wii U game, so that's I'd put that in the support category as opposed to a major category, also because it's Captain Toad, not you know Mario mm -hmm. exactly. But then they're going to be doing uh, there is going to be new Mario Plus Rabbids DLC, mm -hmm. so that's out. So if you were looking forward to is that out? Yeah. That yeah. is out. Yes, it is out. Sorry, I, my brain lost where it is in time for a second. But so, if you were looking at Mario Plus Rabbids as one of the supports for last year, the new content would be that for this year. Mm -hmm. Not exactly a new release, right. but still something to do on it. Something. And then they go into two of their biggest franchises, both in the holiday period: Pokemon and Smash Brothers. 
Smash I'm excited for. Pokemon I want to be excited for, but I don't know that I am. No, I look, Pokemon is going to be one of those polarizing games. If you want a core Pokemon, it's not for you, but they're making it for the Pokemon Go players. Totally. And I'll probably play it just because... It's Pokemon. It's Pokemon, and I want to see what it. is, you know, what is Plus up with I'm that. Plus, I'm going to get one of those Pokeballs, and that'll be my friend. <laughs> <laughs> that is sweet. But it does seem like they're, this is... This year for Nintendo is weighted much more heavily towards the holiday period. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think it's as strong this year. I, but but also that's also a, a result of last year being so. Yeah, good. they pulled out and, all the stops. Dude. Right, Zelda and two, Mario. Two all time, and they were all time great games. I mean, yeah. Breath of the Wild, I put over a hundred hours into, and it, it did feel like what Adam said. It's like they released enough ports in between to keep me interested until uh, something big like then Splatoon, Mario Kart, yep. uh, Mario Odyssey, all-time great game, so much fun. This year it, it's felt a little more bare. They've gotten some indies. Hollow Knight came out. I thought that was a, a smart port for them. It's done really well. Yeah, uh, Octopath Traveler I think is going to be, it'll be interesting to see how well that does. Uh, I, I want it to I do, well. It'll do well. It, it'll be awesome. But I don't like, for me, I don't really care about Smash. I know it's a huge franchise. And Pokemon, I love Pokemon. I'll probably play it, but I'm not like super stoked yeah. about it. Uh, Smash, Smash is a great game, but it's not something for me that I can pour tons of hours exactly. into. Exactly, yes. Super Mario Party, that's another support they've got coming this year. That's, that's, yeah. That's something I would like to play with friends. Yes. It's not like something I was <laughs> It's a party game, yeah. yeah. Um, I, the other thing that analysts have said, uh, we, uh, we quoted Michael Pachter in a story for The No. Basically, the reason it's dropping, or what he thinks, is because they don't think they're going to meet their hardware sales. They said they're, they're going to thirty-five million or whatever. Yeah, well, they've already sold, I think, seventeen the first year, and they said they're going to do another twenty million in the current fiscal year that we're in. And investors don't feel like Pokemon and Smash are enough to move twenty million. And everything goes off hardware because if they don't have, you know, if they don't make the hardware sales, they obviously don't make the software sales, and so it all trickles down. So I think. That's why. That's what you're seeing now. If, if everyone buys Pokemon and buys a Switch because of it, it'll shoot right back. Up. What's What's interesting is that Nintendo came out and said, "Like you haven't seen our whole 2018 lineup." Yeah, that yeah. was interesting to me. But and and I want to know like why why held back? If you're in a position where like like listen, you're say what you will, but that E3 presentation was pretty weak. Like they spent a good 20 minutes talking about Smash. 30 and, plus. Right, and it was like not very much on other games, and I think people expect other stuff. And, yeah, and yeah. The fact that they spent that much time on Smash really tells me like they they were filling gaps that they, they didn't right. have stuff to put there. And maybe it's too early to announce those other games, but if it's if it's part of their 2018 lineup, at least give some people some like glints of hope. We're halfway through July. Right. Like it, we don't have a lot of 2018 left. Right. 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 I suspect that when they say we haven't seen the lineup, they're not talking about triple A's. I agree. They're going to be talking yeah. about yeah. Uh, about indie stuff. They recently said they right. they want to put twenty to thirty game indie games per week That's on the Switch. Crazy. In it, which case, they need to do a need lot of work on curation because it's going to be impossible to I, find anything R unless you go store. into the store and specifically yeah, search out the names nice. because discoverability is not going to be that high. It's not good. And up to this point, indie devs have said that their games are selling great on the Switch, but I don't know if that's going to continue if they're doing 20, 30. Think about it, that is like, that's 80 to 120 new indie games on lot. the platform per month. There's already some garbage to sift through on that system. Yes. 
It, they also sold well because it was a brand new platform with millions of players and not many games to play. That's that's a sweet spot for any. That's like early days of iPhone when garbage apps were selling. And, and I think as it matures, I don't. I hope it. I hope it continues to do well. But I think it's it's getting saturated very very quickly. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe too many new developers hearing the the good stats about it. There's a gold rush. Everyone rushing. Yeah. yeah mm-hmm. And then it gets hard to find yeah. the gold. So we'll see, but I I worry that that's what they mean when they say we haven't seen the lineup. Is there, I know Devolver said they've got a bunch of games yep. coming for the Switch, like eight, no, 12? Or they've got 12, another... 18 games, something like that for this year for the Switch. And that's all great. It's good yeah. to have those games on there, but I don't know that those are going to move systems at the scale that Nintendo needs them to move. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, yeah. All we can do is wait. Yeah. There's more Nintendo Directs, though, so that's that's kind yep. of somewhat hopeful. Yeah. But, yeah, I don't think they're sitting on Animal Crossing. You know, no, to just roll out. No, as much as I want that. That's not. I don't think I don't that's think so. what is happening. I would love to be wrong, but but I think. Or or maybe they're sitting on a port that, that you know, they're working Wind Waker. on. Wind Waker. Wind Waker HD. Wind Waker or port. something, yeah. Maybe, yeah, maybe suddenly backwards compatibility or they get the equivalent of the virtual console so yeah. that there's a whole bunch of backwards library. They are launching the online service in September, <laughs> and that's going to at least not have a virtual console, but it's going to contain some of their yeah. retro games. Get your maybe. old NES games. Yeah. yeah. But hey, look, we, you know, you have the giggle about it, but look how well NES Classic sold. Yeah, that's right. It sold like crazy. Yeah. And is selling really well again now that they've got it back in production. I, I think they're sitting on maybe something like a multi, like another Doom port or a Wolfenstein, maybe that they just haven't announced, but uh, I don't know. Maybe yep. GTA V's coming. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a Red Dead Redemption on the Switch. Exactly, yeah. It turns out it's an exclusive. They put L.A. Noir on it. You <laughs> That's never know. true. So we'll see. But uh, then we also have had uh, Shuhei Yoshida, the, uh, the head of Sony Worldwide Studios, talking about the state of AAA games. And, uh, and it sounds, to some degree, a little bit dire, as well, just for as, from an industry standpoint, in that specifically, he was saying that um, the reason so many AAA games seem so samey, like so, like they're all following a formula, is because they they cost so much to develop because they've got these huge, huge teams on them now, and they have they they spend so much marketing on them to so that they sell units that the expectations are so high they can't risk failures and that failures are catastrophic. I mean, if you look at Mass Effect Andromeda, which is a, uh, an example that it's easy to come back to because it was a, a very visible example last year, it tanked the studio. Yep. They shut it down. Yeah. Uh, and it, there aren't, just studios typically aren't super liquid. They, if they're, if a game completely bombs, they, not a lot of studios can stay open through that. Uh-oh. Look at um, Boss Key was an example <clears throat> this year. They had, were trying so hard to, to make lawbreakers happen. It wasn't really happening. They were panicking, trying to figure like, what can we do? Put out their extreme early access game and it wasn't enough to keep the studio afloat and they just had to shut it down. It's, I think you're seeing this in, in Hollywood too though, right? I mean, the, the, the big blockbusters, I mean, blockbuster movies have tanked studios just because 
the, the production costs and, and everything, you know, computer-wise has gotten so much more complicated that, you know, you put 200, 300, 400 million into something and games aren't that far behind in terms of production costs of, like, big AAA games. Yeah, you're fucked if it doesn't sell well. I mean, and this is, I think this has been going on a while. I mean, that, remember Tabula Raza, that MMO from Richard Garriott, that totally fucked MC, NCSoft. And, and they just say, like, there's no... There's no room in the middle anymore. It's either big stuff or indies, and and you, a lot of the mid-size, the the studios with like 50 to 70 people who were designing, you know, a 25 million dollar game, they're gone. They they just don't exist anymore. There yeah. are some. There are some. Look yeah. At, look at the surge. That's, That's true. A yeah, very yeah, yeah. big game. I, I think they're there, but but yeah, but not as not like totally. It was, yeah. I'm, I kind of miss that era of. Just yeah. Like, this is a weird game. Right. Right. But it's all right. Yeah, yeah. Right. Like, it's it's more than an indie title. This isn't like a one-man, four-man project. Right. This is a 50-man project. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. So it's not it's not the 900-man project that right. you get with some right. of the AAA stuff these days. But, you know, it's fine. It's good. It's, yeah. it's good-ish. And it's right there in the middle. And we did see... You're right. We did see that in Hollywood. Now there's... The game, there's the movies that do there's billions, movies and, and then yeah. there are a ton of, ton of yeah. indies, but there's not as much... Yeah. right in the middle as there used to be. Yeah, I think there's just a pressure to either get big or or you'll just get swallowed up, I guess. But yeah, I miss that that mid-range. Um, I'm trying to think of a, of, a, of a movie example. But yeah, just something that's like going to find an audience and like a decent-sized audience, but it's not going to be, you know, th- this massive thing. But it's, I mean, there, there are people who said that this is not a sustainable course for the industry, that it's, it's too much going into too few games. And then, yeah, if it bombs. And even a big studio like Rockstar, I mean, they're doing great. But if Red Dead 2 flops and, you know, they have another one, like, they could be screwed just like everybody else. Well, thankfully, well, Red Dead 2 probably not going to flop. It's not going to, no, it's not, that's a bad I think, example. I think we need, like, we need two of their games to be bad. Yeah. And then maybe yeah, yeah, the yeah. third one would not sell well. Right. Maybe you're right, yeah. But they have such a good track record. They do. So did Bioware once upon a time. Yep. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, Bioware was full of jank. That, or I guess Rockstar, yeah, whatever. Well, keep keep in mind that uh, that Casey Hudson, um, who's heading yep. up Bioware now, says that they're going back to their studio roots. Yep. So we'll see what that ends yeah. up meaning. And a lot of the founding talent from Bioware has moved on. Yep. So I'm not sure entirely what that means. Maybe philosophy. We'll see. But um, I think it means please buy Anthem. <laughs> yes. <laughs> which, I think Anthem. Anthem. From what I hear, it plays really well. Like it's fun to play. It looks cool. So, yeah. and it has come on, it has excess suits. So, Absolutely. So yes. I, I think that. Yeah, but think, can you cut off other people's arms and okay. take their excess suits? I think it's rated T for teens. So <laughs> <laughs> maybe not. <laughs> so we'll you know we'll see what Bioware ends up doing. Yeah. But uh, I can kind of see as well, like the whole AAA thing. What are the what are the big games that we talked about this year? God of War was a darling. Yes. Um, that was first party. Huge studio, awesome. Uh, you know, we Magic talked about. There, is, there really isn't that many AAA games this year so far. Uh, last year, um, the you know the big games we talked to that that really captured people's imaginations. Most of them were pretty big. There was Horizon, Horizon Zero Dawn, yep. which you know, getting the graphics to that level that took a yep. sizable team and investment. Yep. There was uh, Breath of the Wild, which is huge. Persona, I feel I, I was definitely talking it about, felt it. AAA. I'm all about I mean, it. it, it 
but I think I think they work on a, with a smaller team. I think they do a lot with what with what they've got. But I think it's a smaller team, and they also rely on things like the dancing games and the fighting games, where they're able to reuse a lot of assets to uh, I think help pad out their time. revenue. Totally. But uh, there were some exceptions. Uh, there was uh, Hellblade, which was uh, maybe one of those indie indie to double A's depending on how you, you look at it or how you want to categorize it, yeah. that did really, really well. I'd say punched above its weight, batted above its weight, punched <laughs> above, batted above its average, punched above its weight. And Near Automata felt like one of those. Well. I don't know the budget, but it didn't feel quite as big, but like great story, great cool gameplay. Game yeah. Yeah, but it's, uh, it is not, it's never, it's not a sure thing by right. any stretch of the imagination. Right. And so it's, People either do the big, big thing where you're working with a couple hundred yes. others, and that gets real expensive really, really quick. And, and they're fucking awesome when they work. Like, God of War was amazing. I, I, I love those games. I think it, it is a little bit scary how much the budget seemed to have ballooned, but hopefully it, you know... Hopefully it'll keep going because I mean I think there's it's great and, and and you know Sony Sony pours a ton of money into Uncharted and a lot of its first party stuff. Spider Man looks awesome. I can't wait to play that. I mean we've got oh, some good stuff coming. Mind yeah. you, I, I wonder sometimes how much Sony is doing that because third parties don't feel that they can afford yeah. to do so. Yep. So yep. Sony is definitely filling a gap that third parties are leaving by not creating those kinds of games. All the third parties are going games as a service. Uh, if we're doing, we're Here's doing our fewer Battle games, Royale they're game. they're big and they need they're gonna live for years and years and years. And we'll keep putting new things in, but we need people to keep playing these games for years in order to make them viable. Yeah, Amy Hennig said, "God bless Sony for still making these kind of games." Like she specifically singled them out as one of the few who who are still making them. So if if one of their executives is scared, like that's that's a little bit unsettling. I don't know about scared so much, but it was an observation uh, the, that yeah, this is yeah. the that this is the direction everything right. seems to be going in, and this is why so many of the third-party publishers are focusing yes. on, you know, like loot boxes or microtransactions yeah. or games as a service in general to figure out how they can yep. squeeze the most out of yeah. these games that they're putting out. Mm -hmm. So it's a it is an interesting trend to see mm -hmm. and to also see Sony observing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we'll see what ends up happening. Uh, I definitely don't want to see single player games go away. I don't think they will. I, don't I think, think so that, uh, you know, everyone, there was a developer recently and I forget who it was saying that like every time someone says that single player games are dying, they're wrong every single time. Yeah, yeah. And it's, and it's true, but I wonder if they'll become more like first party things where they don't need to be incredibly profitable if they can fill the gap in the software and drive hardware sales. Yeah, they're like subsidized things to, as almost um, um, showpieces for the, the console mm -hmm. to move them. Yeah. yeah. Which is, I think that's how Uncharted started, it seems like. Yeah. So we'll, fingers crossed yeah. though, I would like to see a resurgence of AA games. Yeah, yeah. That would be Maybe we'll see, uh, since there's so many indie developers now that are like trying to, to make a splash, Maybe we'll see some of those guys band together, and then we'll get our little B tier double A games that are like that would be cool. slightly above average. I know that's a, that's a pretty reasonable path too. Like, let's say you are an indie developer and you've had a success, so you've now got some liquidity, and maybe you put together 
a team to do something more ambitious that mm -hmm. you didn't feel you were able to do yourself, yep. and then they grow up from there. Yeah. I think st crossed. stuff like The Witness is a good example. Like, yeah. Like Jonathan Blow made Braid, and that did really well, and I guess he, he also had a team do it. I think he had a team. Maybe he did it himself. But then now, the, then The Witness was like a, a small studio. It was awesome. And they made a really big game. Mm -hmm. Really good. So. Yeah, so there's definitely still, still room to grow. The other big thing that happened this week, and this is going to be I, quite a discussion, I suspect, is there has been a, a major firing at ArenaNet, um, a Guild Wars 2 writer, two Guild Wars 2 writers uh, were very publicly fired uh, from the company after uh, an online altercation with fans. And yep. so there is, there, there's a lot of complexity to this. It's so far pretty, like people are, are polarizing to one of two mm -hmm. directions, but there's actually a lot uh, of shades of gray in here that are, are worth discussing. So bear with us. It's something that uh, I'm, I'm worried to talk about because it brings gender into it. Um, <laughs> and that's, a, that's a, its own whole can of worms for anyone and everyone. But here is essentially what happened. Uh, the, the top line is that uh, one of the Guild Wars 2 writers, Jessica Price, uh, she put out a tweet, uh, uh, you know, as a, a series of tweets discussing the complexity of creating compelling characters in an MMO environment because you don't have access to the same types of tools that you would in, in a narrative game where you just make choices for characters and this makes them a compelling protagonist. MMOs are different because each player feels this sense of ownership over their character and has their own idea of what this character should be and what should make them compelling, and so you can't insert too much into their character, but you also don't want to leave them just like a, as a piece of like blank mm -hmm. white bread mm -hmm. that, that goes through the world without having any sort of impact or, uh, you know, or, or dy dynamics, yeah. sort of. So there's that there's a different complexity to that. Um, and so she put out a, a thread just discussing how it's uh, complex and a, um, a, a YouTuber who is um, very big into Guild Wars, very popular with the Guild Wars 2 community, in fact, I believe is also an NPC in the game. Derar or Deroyer? Uh, Royer, yeah. Uh, I'm not great on the pronunciation, apologize if we got it <laughs> wrong. Wow. I've only seen it written out. Um, he uh, responded and was like, I, I can see that. I uh, disagree. I wonder if you know do branching narratives uh, would would or not not just we, branching narratives, but like if you have can choose your dialogue yeah, options, if that dialogue. would do something do like that. that. Do we have like the actual tweet? Because I'm pretty sure. I think the 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 the, the verbiage and the, the the wording is important because I don't think it was like actually inflammatory. I think it well, was very. There's. Uh, I think it was level-headed in a way. This uh, is where yeah, I do have this. So and, gonna, and this I'm is very important. Um, uh, it's just, sorry, it takes me a little bit no, to get to it because there's a whole <laughs> yeah, lot there's of tweets. So, so there, there's a little bit of it here. There's a three-part tweet, but it says, interesting thread to read. However, let me disagree slightly. I don't believe the issue lies in the MMORPG genre itself, as your wording seems to suggest. I believe the issue lies in the constraints of the living story's narrative design. Um, so it's, he's, he's, whoever this person is, he or she, I don't know, is approaching it from... Of, he's trying to be. He's trying to there just. He's trying to just give uh, his point of view, and he's not doing it in an inflammatory way. 
Uh, when you want the outcome to be the same across the board for all players' experiences, then yes, by design, you are extremely limited by how you can construct the personality of the player character. But instead, if players were given the option to meaningfully express their character through branching dialogue options, which are also aren't just on the checklist for an achievement that forces you through all dialogue options, um, then perhaps the players would be more invested in the role-playing aspect of that particular MMORPG. Nonetheless, I appreciate the insightful thread. Um, so he's basically saying, I disagree, and here's why. And he's not saying, you're fucking wrong, and I, I, you're an idiot for thinking this way, my way is the right way. I think he's just giving an opinion. And he might be, he or she might be implying that I know what I'm talking about more than someone else or whatever, but I don't, I don't think they're intentionally being like a dick. I think they're just trying to say something. Sure. And well, that's, that's important. And the, there are, um, there's, you know, there's tons of screenshots going around about the, the different dialogues. Because what ended up happening is she did, uh, she retweeted him, she quote tweeted him mm -hmm. and was like, you know, here's, welcome to being a, a women in game development, getting, basically like getting, getting mansplained to. Um, people who don't know your job telling you how to do your job. Well, that. So um, I have a but before that, yeah. Um, I think there was an escalation that happened directly between the two of them that is not as widely seen. Sure. She did respond directly to him, basically being like, "Thanks for trying to tell me what we do internally, my dude," and you know, which seems like a little, a little exasperated. But um, his response was. Uh, was also an escalation, so I don't think he's innocent of the escalation. Sure. His, so he had that thread. Um, she responded, thanks for trying to tell me what we do internally, my dude. Um, and he said, you getting mad at my obvious attempt at creating dialogue and discussion with you instead of just replying that I'm wrong or otherwise correct me in my false assumptions is just disheartening for me. You do you, though. I'm sorry if it offended. I'll leave you to it. But I, can see, I, I can think see. that's him, him reading anger. Sure. That... It, you know, but I I don't know about you. I don't read that tweet as angry, just sort of like exasperated. Which yeah, I'm, I, I, I get the feeling. I think, it's, it's, not I think, a, it's, I think it's. I think her response was just a little. It's dismissive. It's like, yeah, you don't know. What you're you don't know what you're talking about. It's basically what that's saying. Yes. And um, it it is, but it doesn't sound. It's not. Angry. It's not mean. So it's just I don't like, think he's innocent of the escalation here. Uh, no, I, I don't think so either. But uh, I think that her response is basically saying you don't know what you're talking about, and I think his is maybe playing a little victimy. Of saying like you're you're treating me disrespectfully or whatever, but it's like whatever. But then but then she does kick the hornet's nest. She does kick the hornet's nest. Uh, you know she she retweets it and and does make it a very clearly um, about that she feels that he would not be responding to her this way if she were a male game developer. Which is like, uh, and I I can't speak entirely to that either way. The the problem with the with gender specific stuff is that I only have my own experience, you only have your own totally. experience, and I don't know if this guy would have responded to a male developer differently. If he would have disagreed with him, maybe he's a maybe he would have responded to any developer the the totally. same way. Which um, is why which is why I don't think it's fair to turn it into a gender issue per se. Mm -hmm. I think it's I think it's perfectly valid for her to say like Hey, I've been doing this job for ten years, or what, however long, and you are just a you, you're a person who plays my games, and you telling me how to do my job. Maybe you should realize that you don't come from the same like level of knowledge as I do, and like maybe I have a little more insight to these problems, and maybe your solutions aren't exactly sound. And but but then turning it into like you're saying this because I'm a woman, it's not a fair 
card to pull out in that situation. At least that's the way I feel. No, I, I would definitely agree that uh, I think that she's not the only developer who... I think she's being dead-splained, who... is what <laughs> I and, and I do agree with that. I think there's a lot of armchair developers in the world. Yeah. We were all like, how hard can this be, really? Or, um, yeah. you know, and that, that happens to anyone about anything is, you know, any of us will get responses like, oh, I don't see how hard, you know, you know, I'm sure why don't you just do this? Um, and that's, and it's not necessarily a gender thing. It's, DevSplain is a great way to put it. Yeah, and then, and the, the, the thing that, this is really interesting because what happens is she then says, aside from the gender thing, it's like, let me explain, like, allow me to explain how to do your job. I think what made people mad was the, the develop or the, the gender thing, not necessarily the, you're telling me how to do my job thing. Um, but then she, she goes on to bring up the, 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 the top tweet is, since we got a lot of hurt man feels today, she's like even further leaning into that gender role thing, which is, I don't know, that's a smart thing to do. And maybe it's just an impassioned thing that she's doing. But like her general response without the gender is just like, I hate when people are telling me how to do my job. You're, this right. is really annoying. Don't fucking do this. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting because as people who are fa like front facing for the internet, like we've had these experiences where like, We'll have people come in, think they understand a scenario better than us, and then tell us why we're stupid or why we didn't do something wrong. And there are times when I'm sure plenty of us have responded in ways that like are pretty similar to this, sans the whole gender issue thing. It's like, hey, listen, maybe you don't know what the whole situation is and you just have a small picture. Like that that does happen. And it's like, I I don't think Arena Net's response to this situation was the best. I think there's more to their response. Yeah. I have a theory on it, um, which which I'll get into, but as far as the escalation goes, I agree that she didn't handle it the best. After the initial thing, like after basically the first time that she said, you know, brought, made, a, made an implication that it was all about gender, then all of the, the responses from the community did become gendered. Well, right. not, not all of them, not all of them. That's, a, that's an overgeneralization. But they started to get more gendered. Yeah, and um, you know, and and then it sort of went from being about being devsplained to <clears throat> being just like this this polar like oh, playing the the you know the the woman card and so on and so forth. Right. And then and then it devolves from being a productive a pro potentially productive conversation yeah. into just a war as to whether that was okay and whether. Uh, this, you know, woman attacked, this female developer attacked this male member of the community over, right. uh, over a misunderstanding. Right. It's, it, you know, it's, and. Like, is it, are you implying that everything a man says to you that you disagree with is mansplaining? Like, that's what the conversation, that's what that sparked. Right. And that's really dangerous. Right. And like, oh man, like I can, I, I sympathize with how she's feeling of someone is explaining me how to do my job, but like the way that was handled is not the best. It's also though like I we can't walk a mile in her shoes either. Like totally. you know her like career uh, as a developer and maybe you know maybe it's been a decade of you know getting like I don't know shitty gendered comments from you totally. know fans and stuff. Not saying this was, but like maybe she had just hit a point where she's yeah, like, maybe fuck, that's the fuck you. Yeah, right. And, and then like, that's, maybe and, it wasn't and even about this specific exactly. interaction. And I don't so know. It had been right. about a build-up right. that we didn't. See. I don't right. know that, but but may but but maybe. And also, this is why I hate uh, how internet 
back and forths can get so heated so quickly. Whereas I feel like if this was a real life conversation, mm-hmm. um, it would be probably a lot more polite, a lot more uh, understanding, and and it wouldn't have amounted to anything. And it, it sucks that uh, it's it's it just sucks by the nature of uh, internet uh, internet back and forths that yeah. just things just. Yeah, Go this, from zero to a hundred. Yeah, and then this this was a, a bad example or a good example of like how a mob mentality can shape absolutely a, a response to a situation. Right. Mm-hmm. Because while I disagree with her bringing gender into it, I can see her points, and I, I feel like I've even probably been on the internet and been like, "Hey, don't be a jerk to me," even though I don't think that this guy was necessarily being a jerk. Right. Like I've I've definitely responded publicly in ways that like right right like you Popped know off ma- to somebody maybe I sh- maybe I don't need to e- even go there but I've you know I've just been in that situation where, like dude I'm having a rough day just fucking go away right you know mm-hmm. right. and but then this turned into like this whole mob of people oh my god oh my What's god the joke? hey BMX's when did we get BMX's dude he's been BMX'ing for like 20 fucking years I hurt my groin today on you your smell BMX? a little bit but I kind of hug you <laughs> They are hugging. Uh, I can't see that on camera. Sorry. <laughs> well, I, Adam's hugging. I love love. I love Joel. <laughs> um, um, I didn't know where we were. We were talking about that. Oh right. The, the, we've all probably been. Yeah. I, but, I know. But then, I've I've snapped at people. Yeah. I've it's, had bad times where I'm like, where it wasn't about that one. It's just a culmination a drop in the bucket and. Sometimes it's just like that. It shouldn't shouldn't be like this. One shouldn't have done anything. But I was over it because I had heard something similar a billion times. Totally. Like, uh, and you know, I do this occasion. Like occasionally, I get frustrated just in like within the the no. Like we have overall like a really great community and. Like lots of like great commenters and people who mm-hmm. who follow and who mm-hmm. understand and know mm-hmm. who everyone is and what everyone does. Mm-hmm. And then every now and again, you'll see a comment like, "Does this chick even play video games, right. or did they just hire right. a pair of tits to read a prompter?" Right. And I'm like, I know that this person doesn't. They clearly they're like they're not a subscriber. They don't watch the show. Right. If they did, right. they would know better. <laughs> right. But they don't. And um, you know, so there's just these little. And then frustrations yeah, that you yeah. you write off, but they add up, and then eventually something yes. can just yeah. you're having you know maybe a bad day already, and someone's just like sets you off, and you're like, look, right? Yeah, I've had be, it. That might be years and, of, of and, shit built up. Yeah. And but, but what this what this led to was like this mob this, of people saying she's sexist. She's yeah. she's she's trying to make an example of someone that doesn't deserve to be made an example of. She's bringing gender into what should have been a polite discourse. This is, and I'm, I'm just saying what this argument had become. Yeah. And then Arena Net was like, immediately was like, you're out of here. And then, and then she had a coworker that was Who defending def- her, and Arena Net was like, you're out of here. Yeah. It, it, again, like escalating it even further. Like now, like people are getting fired over like a, a Twitter back and forth. Yeah. And, and also, and also, but the. the you're right. We don't. I don't think we know the whole. St- like we could possibly not know everything. Maybe this was the last straw. Maybe she just snapped at people before, and we don't know about it. Right. Like maybe it was like, hey, don't do this again, or you're fired, and you got fired. Well, she has uh, had at least one incident previously, um, specifically on social media, and it was recent. It was um, after Total Biscuit passed away. 
Um, she was, let me see if I can find this here. Oh, um, this. Background, yes. Um, when, uh, when Total Biscuit passed away, she did post a tweet that said, the kindest thing I can say is I'm glad he's no longer around to keep doing harm. Dude, that is a... Which, honestly, if if I may, seems like a more offensive tweet <laughs> That's a, than celebrating saying someone's that death. you've been mansplained to. Yeah, celebrating someone's death is, like, real not cool. Can't speak ill of the dead. Um, that's not you know, and, and that's recent. So I can see potentially as well the community already having a chip on their shoulder about sure. her based like, on that. Sure, like trigger, like ready to jump on anything, yeah. Right, and so, you know, because that, that same thing goes both ways, right? Like... It can be. I, I will. Maybe, I, I, maybe that had had built up. I will as say well. if yeah, I think many of us here have tweeted at people and like fired back uh, on internet oh, comments. Fuck but yeah. I think if any one of us were to get on the internet and celebrate someone's death, we probably wouldn't keep our jobs, <laughs> or would be on very thin ice. Yeah. And so that's a pretty reasonable assumption that that's maybe where she was. Right. So, but based on how recent that was and how quickly the firing announcement came out um, after this whole um, this whole escalation and and community um, response makes me think that it may have been potentially a strike like a strike three or sure. maybe they have a strike two policy and that that was the sure. first one and they were like look we're, we're just we're, we're done yeah we're done what do you what do you what do you think about her coworker that got fired though that one is kind of a kind of a, a, a mystery to some degree. So some of the players don't even get that. Like I was on the subreddit the day after of Guild Wars Two, and they were like, "We didn't." <laughs> even some were like, "Yeah, we're fine with her going, but we didn't want him to lose his job." Maybe, yeah. maybe so, this was something that like every net thought this was such an inflammatory situation. I or like another theory. So here's what he okay. his his defense of her was saying that basically she never asked for Jorah's feedback. Like she, like, hey, dude, she didn't ask you for your expertise, and that was a, that was about that was about the level of contribution. But then, like, ArenaNet did announce that he was lose fired job as well. Over that? Like, that's just I, I don't know. I also like I do stand up. I come from a stand up background <laughs> too, and like, if somebody fucks with you live, like at a show, like you get heckled. Uh, you go full on to that person and like shut them down verbally, like. However, you can because you have to take back control from there's that. A, there's person. a line to not cross. Exactly, Michael you don't Richards. cross that line. But if you did that on Twitter, this is what happens. Right. You know, and it's like you have to be very different on uh, Twitter as opposed to like a live show. But I still, you know, have that sort of uh, uh, stand-up mentality to a heckler. Like, nope. I mean, I'm gonna top you right now, like as meanly and as viciously as I can. You saying that gives me so much anxiety, dude. Like the idea of like trying to do something that's already scary, and then someone's like, "Hey, you suck at that thing." Yeah, and I'm like, "Okay, you're right." <laughs> yeah, my bad. <laughs> I it, leave. It, it's one of those things where it's like you just sort of have to do it. It, it sucks, yeah, because you don't want to, because that's not part of the show. But yeah. it's like, okay, let's let's do this. Yeah. But uh, I, I think my other thing, getting back to Guild Wars, is that game can't have a very large community. Like I, it's a, I think you're wrong. You know, I mean, maybe I think I'm it's wrong. a successful game. I, oh, successful, yes, but it's also It's a little bit older. The the people who are playing it now is probably a more insular community. In that the people that are playing it have probably been 
are more likely to have been playing it for a very That's long my, time. Sure. And, and MMOs have they're, hardcore. They're, they're lifers, right? Yeah. yeah, like MMOs have hardcore communities. I was a hardcore, like I played Final Fantasy XI. Very, I was very uh, familiar with all the goings on. We felt not listened to by the dev when uh, uh, various things would happen and the game was getting fucked up and we didn't feel like Square Enix was listening to us and you know and there was a lot of like online shaking our fists but just cuz you have so much more invested in an MMO than like a regular game you have like maybe years of your life like you said so i i don't i don't like brigading and i don't um i don't i think this was an overreaction but there is a lot of passion on in in MMO communities totally i i think I don't. I don't by any means think that guy should have got fired for yeah, his well, like his his. You, sh, you just shouldn't have responded comment. But like, I, I kind of think that if you're posting in a public forum, expect responses. Like, yeah. Not everyone can agree with you. I, yeah. I agree, and it's also there's you get that weird balance between being like this isn't uh, an, an official account. I can say whatever I want here, which okay, uh, but also you. That's are, a little. But you're also tweeting about your work, <laughs> which then kind of makes you your a Twitter. representative of your company while you're doing so. And uh, chances are a significant portion of people following you are doing so because uh, of your work I mean, and because of what you do, because that's a total package of who you are, right? We None of us are entirely separate from yeah, the work that yeah, we do. Per personal Twitter aside, like, if you're being really inflammatory on your personal Twitter, you're still a representative of that of a company that you work for. Like yeah. if it's a public, if you're being publicly like offensive, then that that can have repercussions in the rest of your life. Just because it's, you say my views don't represent the company, that's that's fine. Maybe your company doesn't want your views to be in the company. <laughs> if you want a private Twitter, get a fucking journal. Right. Like, it's, right. it's not going to be a... Or protect your tweets right. so that it is no longer a public forum because if they are public facing and anyone can see them yes. and interact with them, then, you know, it does become a place where you are m making sort of a, a public yes. statement yes. or, uh, yes. you know, you're publicly posting your thoughts on a, yep. on a big wall where anyone walking by can see those right. thoughts and some people will feel... Like they want to respond to that right. because it is out there and it has right. been in, made available right. to them. But the guy, his firing is so weird. I wonder almost if it was like one of those like, hey, if you're gonna fire her, yeah, you like got fire me too, and they're like, okay, that was a dumb um, move. <laughs> or like, what exactly that looks like? Because that definitely seems like there's more internally happening that we don't see. Right. And I think it's important to keep in mind is we don't and never will have a complete picture of no. every interaction yeah. and every implication that came into the decision. Uh, at, to, you know, to some degree, we're all, we're all flying a little bit blind. Mm -hmm. And, you know, honestly, so are sort of the people involved. Yeah. I think that's, like, that's the, the trouble too, right? Yeah. Is no one has a complete picture of right. what anyone else right. is experiencing. Right. So it's a whole big mess, but at the moment, uh, Jessica Price has been fired and uh, a lot of game developers uh, and people uh, within the industry have come out um, on her side saying that they feel it was wrong that she was fired, that it's going to um, empower toxicity within gaming communities, yeah. empower, like uh, encourage br like future brigading. Yeah. Um, there was one example that was pointed to um, it, this was posted in the, the subreddit, um, 
after mm -hmm. the firing is mm -hmm. someone posted, um, we can probably fire anyone on the Guild Wars 2 dev team as long as we make a big enough stink. No one at, nobody at ArenaNet is safe from the hand of Reddit. We're literally running the company now. They're in fear of the very users they seek to consort with. That is the most neckbeard comment I've and ever heard. And if the devs, <laughs> oh, we haven't finished it yet. And if the devs stop communicating, we'll just go at their PR person and cut them down. We actually play the game more than they'll ever be able to. So as a community, we probably know how to do their jobs better. We just don't have the mechanical skill they do. Um, the moment a dev steps out of line or try to talk back to a player, guess what? They'll know we got their hands on their throat and we can squeeze anytime we like. Nice. Talk shit, stop smiling, do a bad job, lose your job. That's how it works at my dad's restaurant. A job <laughs> isn't a right, it's an offer and it can be rescinded at the drop of a hat. Oh my God, he said that so, all wearing a Guy Fox mask. <laughs> Jesus. So, so this is, this. I wanna be very, very clear, this quote is not representative of the entire community, Yes. but it is the kind of thing that people feel comfortable pub publicly posting in this aftermath. They do feel almost empowered by it. And there, so that's a concern that a lot of developers have is now people think that brigading someone will work. And if we don't like a thing that someone says, or if they talk shit or stop smiling, that that's, that's a, that's a shitty gendered it. comment, also, right? That, that stop smiling. Uh, because that gets to no, like, you should smile more. I don't more. know that that's, I mean, yeah, wait, I can wait, see that, that, but I'm thinking of it more as almost like a, like a service industry. Oh, okay. Uh, you know, yeah, you're, you're yeah, like. He, he literally did reference the restaurant. His dad's yeah. restaurant. But also that makes me think this guy's like 14. It's <laughs> like, <laughs> my dad has a restaurant and we control yeah, Guild like, Wars. Let's, let's settle down. Um, I, I do think that Arena, like, it, I Obviously, we can't speak to the re the whole reason she was fired, but if this was the whole reason she was fired, totally disagree. That seems with that. like an overreaction, totally for disagree. sure. Yeah. If this was the only thing that they were weighing, yeah. I it, think it's an overreaction. Totally. I think that she could have responded more, um, more politically sensitively. I guess. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that I think that I think she probably wouldn't have gotten in trouble if she didn't bring gender into it because gender wasn't brought up until she brought it up. And it, it wasn't said specifically, and there's reading through the the uh, the guy's responses, and I've been I've been reading up you know a fair bit on like various people's responses and um, analyses and breakdowns, and uh, there was one that that did change my output a lot because I was very much like um, on the looking at it as like he said nothing about gender. Mm -hmm. Every developer has to deal with armchair developers sure. on the internet. That is uh, an unfortunate you know, an unfortunate reality, but everyone does, fans have thoughts, fans feel very, uh, you know, like they have a, a sense of- an agency. Yeah, and, and ownership isn't the right word, but they have, they feel like they've got a stake in yeah. characters or in games because they put so much of their life into it and it means something to them and therefore they have thoughts on how it should be handled and so on. That's, you know, that happens everywhere. And uh, to some degree, it's a good thing because it's what keeps, uh, it's what means a community is strong, people are engaged, people uh, are emotionally, uh, they have, feel like they've got a stake in it and they want to see where it goes and how, and how everything happens and that's important for a community. That said, looking at some of the, the responses from the, the YouTuber, Dreuer, I don't know if these are gendered. Like I said, I've only got my own experience. Right. And I can't weigh it against having a male experience because I have never had one. So I don't know oh. 
if the if it would have been similar. There are a lot of very dismissive things in his comments, um, very sort of passive aggressive, very sure. um, like and, and very like uh, acknowledgement of your thing. However, uh, and nevertheless is and sort of so sort of dismissing right, a lot of things is, she has to is, say, and I don't. And that's where I don't. I don't know. And that's the problem. Is that like yes, he? You could say that he's being dismissive and being. He's trying to tell you how to do your job, hundred percent. But like, it, unless, like, unless you have a really good case for why you think it's this is being based upon gender, like mm -hmm. it's it's an assumed thing, right? Until. And it's, right, like you shouldn't. I, I don't. I don't feel like it's like a fair thing to say. Like you hate me because of the the gender I am. And that's the only reason you're acting this way. So I actually found uh, a response from Mike O'Brien, uh, the president of ArenaNet. Great. That he responded to uh, Polygon in an article where he said, concerns have been publicly raised that she was responding to harassment. It's not my place to tell employees when they should or shouldn't feel harassed. In this case, however, our employees could have chosen not to engage. They could have brought the issue to the company whereby we, we would have done everything we could have to protect them. We won't tolerate harassment. When an employee feels harassed, we want them to bring the issue to us so that we can protect the employee, deal with the issue, and use it to speak to the larger issue of harassment. Whatever Jessica and Peter felt internally about the situation, this was objectively a customer engaging us respectfully and professionally, presenting a suggestion from our game. Any response from our company needed to be respectful and professional. A perceived slight doesn't give us a license to attack. The tweets were made on July 4th when the studio was closed for the holiday. We were aware of them that day and decided we'd need to take action in the morning. The fact that the community's anger was escalating on July 5th made it look like our action was in response to the community's anger. That wasn't the case. We took action as soon as we practically could. Hmm. I mean, and that, I still don't, I don't agree with, like, firing over responding, uh, even if it was, like, an inflammatory response. So, so from their perspective, it's not, this was one of our employees being rude to a customer. Yeah. Like, that's, uh, yeah. that's, those are their words, not mine. And I think that's a little... Also, this is why uh, this is why uh, people are so guarded in public, and people right. like uh, people want to learn more. From, people want to hear more from devs and learn more about game making in the process. This is why people are guarded, and they don't and they don't say more because uh, they don't want to invite uh, situations like this where it, it things just escalate and go nuclear within a, a few hours. Right, or even, um, not even necessarily invite, but they don't want to risk. Right, that, right, run the, yeah, Yeah, that, absolutely. if they res actually respond to someone, right. they could lose their job. Right. You know, and, and uh, you know, granted, most people probably wouldn't, wouldn't respond with the level of exasperation, but, you know, it, again, you, uh, I don't read her initial response as being mad so much as like, come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is, yeah. you know, yeah. I, I feel like that's a, a less extreme reaction than like, how dare you? I'm not saying it couldn't have been handled uh, differently but, because it definitely could have. Yeah, but it also reading mood on internet can be difficult. Yes. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, so overall, kind of a crazy thing yeah. that the Guild Wars 2 community has been going through. Um, I can't wait to play it. <laughs> Check it out. It sounds uh, you know, awesome with good people. Uh, yeah, very curious to see where it goes yeah, from here. Yeah, what um, happens? You know, uh, I am worried on behalf of a lot of developers that they will be that they will think they need to shut down 
their their social media right. that's stop yeah, responding exactly. to people yep. because this is what they can look forward right. to you get like that one dude on reddit who's like don't talk shit don't stop smiling or else and oh, just be like God. you know what i'm gonna go away from where you are yeah and just not, I, not I think not that is always there. the best res- um, reaction to not engage. I, I think that's always the right. best. Yeah. But, 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 then, then, but then, Brian, you're not being communicative. You're right. not being transparent. Right. You're not, you know, you're not having this close that's relationship the, with your community. Yeah. And and that's the that's the balance that it, you. Everyone's, can, everyone the, loses balance sometimes. We can go drink beers at RTX. The thing I practice is I type yes. out a tweet. We should do another happy hour. Absolutely. Do was, another no happy hour. Oh, yeah. That was a blast. Was a blast. Yeah, yep. let's do yep. that again. I love that. The thing, the thing I practice is I type out a, a tweet response and I go delete. But yep. typing it out is like, yeah, it's yeah, great. Yeah. Like, I'm telling you, ha, ha, ha. Delete. Great. We're done. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> oh, wait. That was sin. Shit. Yeah. I, I, just, you know, I don't use social media as much anymore. I don't either. But that's mostly just because I'm... I don't know. I don't feel. It's also maybe, healthier not to. I don't feel like you know, like what I'm eating or yeah. anything is like that terribly interesting to anyone. Right. So right. I don't talk about it a right. lot. Um, but what are you eating? What am I eating? <laughs> yeah, what do you got? Coffee. Oh, that's kind of boring. Yeah. Well, you have. Let's, let's step says it up. Says the dude with the soylent in. That's the- my oh. breakfast. Talk to me on Saturday morning. I get my Saturday morning kolaches. They're good. Dude, kolaches are delicious. They're so fucking yeah, good. they are. Yeah, see, there's there's a lot of things we can talk about without making people angry. Do you think kolaches are an anger-free zone? Well, they contain sausages. <laughs> so I guess not. Okay, well, here we go. Uh, but overall, I feel like this was such a weird situation in that it escalated so far for everyone involved uh, over what initially was like a, a relatively innocuous Yeah, considering the original conversation. Yeah, conversation. Uh, you know, and, and, and not innocuous. It's like, you're right. She was uh, maybe a little bit shorter than she could have been. We all are. Yeah. Right. And, right. Uh, and, yeah. I, and I don't think the, I don't think the YouTuber, the streamer is, uh, is entirely innocent of no. this. I feel like he did a great job of pretending to be. Of pretending <laughs> yeah. to, whoa, to whoa, be. Whoa, 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 whoa. Um, well, listen. <laughs> you know, but I think that uh, everyone involved could have handled things better yeah and honestly i'm sure there are things that we're not uh, taking into to full consideration either there there are all kinds of elements that we're not even seeing we see uh you know we see you know we see some of the tweets we see some of the responses and typically what we see is probably the most uh inflammatory stuff yeah. Like the, the stuff yeah. that got that got pushed to yeah. the surface because it was more extreme and then as a result um, the the measured stuff gets lost. Yeah. I, I think bottom line is that I agree even with some of the stuff she said, just maybe not how she said it, and I don't agree that she should even fire. Yeah. But yeah. But I, it's, it's it's it just shows like how dangerous it is to like try to just be yourself online. Yes. Yeah. Uh, scary. Yep. Scary. Yeah, so that's that whole thing. <laughs> <sighs> and I think that about does it for this episode of Glitch Please. Really curious to know, um, you know, what you guys think uh, of the, the whole situation. Um, and if there are different elements that, that we're not seeing, I'd love to learn more about it and try and get a, a wider picture because it's just such a complex issue. It's hard to boil down to this is the right thing, this is the wrong thing, and that's the only thing. Um, but it's such an interesting situation to see, and it's something that really could happen to 
any developer or anyone really with an online profile at any yeah. time. Yeah. And uh, so, I'm, you know. We all it, get told how to do our jobs. Oh, yeah. Constantly. <laughs> so, uh, if you have like any additional information or um, like things that happened that, that we didn't talk about here, absolutely please leave them in the comments. We do read them and, uh, and want to learn as much as we can uh, about the situation. But overall, fun episode of, of Glitch Please. Lots of talking. Looking forward to Octopath. Mm -hmm. Super excited about that. Can't yeah. wait. Can't wait. That's our next week game, right? We're I'm going to be that? sick. Yeah, we'll talk about that sick. next Come week on. for sure. No. <laughs> uh, if you are a Rooster Teeth First member, we will have more discussion exclusively on the Rooster Teeth website. Um, if you are not a Rooster Teeth First member, there is a seven-day free trial, so you can get access to all the first exclusive content, like our post-show, New Game Plus, as well as we've got a bunch of uh, different series. We've got, like, Day 5, mm -hmm. which is an amazing series. Um, all of our uh, animated shows are coming, all come first to first. In fact, pretty much every content except... Newsreads has a first exclusive window, so you get access to everything sooner, which is awesome. So if you want to try that out, just do that at roosterteeth.com. Uh, and hopefully we will see you on New Game Plus. If you are already Rooster Teeth's first member, we'll see you over there. Bye.